Welcome to the Critical Communications and Tribal Communities podcast series, part two on public health, hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. The pandemic has hit the tribal communities particularly hard, with little to no connectivity and vast remote areas. Getting accurate information to tribal members is difficult, but there are solutions that can help. By marrying multiple technologies, tribal communities can connect to promote vaccine distribution and testing, enable public safety for members, and ultimately help to bring the community together. And today we're joined by Walter Murillo, who is the CEO at Native Health, and Jeff Schweitzer, who is the 5G innovation architect at Verizon, who will discuss this topic further. And Walter and Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great to have you both. And let's actually start with Walter. Walter, if you don't mind, tell us tell us a little a little bit about Native Health. Well, Native Health is an urban Indian health program. It's part of the uh, ITU, Indian Health System of Care, consisting of Indian Health Services, tribal facilities and health programs, and urban programs. We're one of 41 around the country whose purpose is to serve Native Americans in urban areas. So, we are funded in part by the Indian Health Service, and we also receive other third-party and federal grants. Our goal is to extend the provision of the federal obligation to serve American Indians into cities. And we do that by offering a variety of services. Some are comprehensive, like Native Health, that offer primary care, behavioral health care, and dental care, along with other social determinant programs. So we've been in, around in Phoenix for about 45 years, and we serve about uh, 10,000 Native Americans, and in total, about 20,000 individuals a year. Okay, great. Thanks, Walter. Appreciate that background on your organization. And let's talk about barriers to connectivity. So what barriers are there to connectivity in tribal communities, and how does this impact public health? And we'll actually go with Walter again first on that one. So I think first the barriers are just as you said, it's connectivity. First is, is there services available? Well, that's less of an issue in the urban area where there's a lot of competing, I suppose, providers. The issue really becomes about access to that equipment or two minutes. The advent in, in the pandemic of allowing telephonic visits has been an outstanding contribution to allowing individuals access to care. It diminished if not completely reduced, the transportation barrier. That has been a long time grandfathered in barrier to care no matter where you are in Indian country, whether it's on a you know a very sprawling reservation, not very far from services, or in the middle of town where you're subject to public transportation as well. So that barrier having gone down with the advent of telephonic visits, I think the barrier that then comes to the fore that is access to equipment and minutes that so you lose one and you gain another barrier. Okay, great. Awesome, Walter. Thanks for those insights. And we'll pass it over to Jeff. Yeah, and from my standpoint, and keep in mind, this is uh, you know through the lens of someone that's in a product organization. I'm within the, the product organization of Verizon trying to create products and services that can serve different types of communities and uh, address the various um, emerging needs and interests that uh, each may have. Uh, as it pertains to um, in indigenous communities, the uh, challenges that I see um, oftentimes are, you know, geography. We're talking about underserved and unserved 
populations, very rural, austere, oftentimes rugged and remote environments where the deployment of infrastructure isn't feasible or practical. Yet you'll see populations that through previous grants and other types of incentive programs, the citizens may have actual handheld devices, cell phones in their hand, yet they're not able to access connectivity where they happen to live. And so they'll take those devices and go into smaller towns or areas where connectivity is possible. And, and this implies that you know some people uh, are forced to have uh, mobility in order to be able to gain access, and others that don't have the benefit of mobility simply can't get it at all. So finding ways that we can address those kinds of challenges, I think, are in the forefront of many of our minds. Yeah, great insights there from both of you. So let's talk about the Indian health system. So tell us about the Indian health system and how this plays into public health for tribal communities. And again, we'll start with Walter on this one. Well, the Indian health system, as I mentioned before, is consistent of the Indian Health Service, tribal programs that have uh, contracted to provide their own services through contracting and compacting, and also urban Indian health programs. We are private nonprofit corporations that uh, contract with the Indian Health Service to provide services. The services provided are an array of services from inpatient hospitalization in the Indian Health Services and tribal programs to outpatient. We address the particular issues with Native American, the cultural barriers, access to care, addressing particular chronic diseases like diabetes or hypertension. And I think we do that in a relevant, culturally sensitive environment. No matter how you access the ITU, I think that's a key component to the Indian Health Service uh, system of care. Okay, Jeff, you would love your take on the Indian health system overall and how this plays into public health for tribal communities. Yeah, from my standpoint, this is a critical component to uh, enabling the delivery of care to where the citizens actually need it delivered, both on reservation and outside, because you do see fragmentation of uh, tribal communities that are out, they live in, and have migrated outside of the reservation themselves. So being able to, to extend services with functional and capable parity between, you know, the geographies of presence, I think it's, a, it's an important function. Uh, and I think IHS is probably the, the, the right organization that can best facilitate that. Okay, excellent. And if you don't mind, tell us about the Thor prototype and how can this be used on tribal lands to better community outcomes overall? And again, this is a Jeff question right here. Oh, okay. So, well, you need a little bit of a backdrop on this. So, you know, during the last year of our challenges in dealing with pandemics and wildfires, hurricanes, et cetera, one of the things that our group has been involved in is developing unconventional solution sets that allow us to better address the needs of citizens, especially in times of extreme duress or crisis. So we have several units within our company that deal with crises. And my team also has the added remit of when we have what we call mission impossible scenarios to come up with solutions that can help you know, achieve progress into solving or mitigating them. So Thor was born out of this idea that we needed to have the ability to take our network and localize compute into an environment, regardless of how rugged, austere, devastated, whatever it may be, and bring those services right to the edge of need. So Thor stands for Tactical and Humanitarian Operations Response Platform. It's a prototype, but it's intended to allow us to explore what will the future state allow us to achieve if we can bring mobility to services in areas where we don't have them. 
Okay, awesome. Well, I appreciate both of your times today. I know we covered off on a lot of stuff. And our last question is really around additional solutions. So what other solutions do you see making connectivity more attainable for the ongoing care life cycle? And again, we'll start with Walter. Oh, great. Well, I don't know the technical aspects of making connectivity happen, but I do know the benefit of that connectivity. Over the life cycle of an individual now with the technology, we can do home monitoring devices, which is helpful for monitoring a lot of things as our population ages or progresses with chronic diseases. Telehealth has certainly become to fore. Having the video capability as well as the telephonic capability and maintaining the ability to see your doctor without having to face that transportation barrier, I, I can't get over how key that is in Indian country. And also, as we you know, go forward, other solutions in terms of connectivity for your health record, for setting appointments and other things, become much more, I think, integrated, no matter where you live, to the beneficial health outcomes of Indians across the country. Thanks, Walter. And was there any specific communications technology with regards to COVID-19 that you all found beneficial? Well, one of the things that we discovered was the use of texting in response to the COVID vaccine, getting cell phone numbers for folks so that we could text to remind them of their booster appointment, helped eliminate a chronic problem we have with no-shows and appointments. With a 95% response rate for the vaccine, That we found that to be just an incredible response rate that we've never seen before in any other initiative that we've tried. Excellent. Thank you so much, Walter. And Jeff, what's your take on other solutions for making connectivity more attainable for the ongoing care life cycle? You know, to Walter's point, it's all about enabling the applications and services that uh, produce the final beneficial outcome. So, you know, COVID really taught us that, and I'm basing this on having, you know, personally deployed and led teams into a couple of major tribal communities at the peaks of their COVID outbreaks. And some of the things that we learned was when trying to figure out, well, how can we deploy emergency communication services gave us insights into thinking in terms of intermediate and long-term solutions. So, you know, emerging technologies that span everything from the integration of LTE or 5G alongside with airborne communications, satellite communications, emerging mesh and peer-to-peer technologies, things that will allow us to reach the subscribers or the end users where they happen to live versus requiring them to go to a place where they can communicate and obtain care. And so we've made significant progress here in just the last six months, especially having the opportunity to partner with some of these communities and actually try things that we had already been working on in the terms of disaster response and applying them in their environments. I'm actually very optimistic about what the the near-term future state can lend itself to achieving. I think we're on the right path. Okay, that's great. And what a great way to conclude this Critical Communications and Tribal Communities podcast series episode, part two on public health, hosted on Government Technology Insider, where Walter Murillo, CEO at Native Health, and Jeff Schweitzer, who is the 5G innovation architect at Verizon, discussed how tribal communities can connect to promote vaccine distribution and testing, enable public safety for members, and ultimately bring the community together. And Walter and Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having us.